My entitled manager claims that I'm faking being sick and that instead I'm basically on a vacation, despite the fact that they threaten to write up anybody who takes off work during the holidays, all while I'm dealing with COVID symptoms for several weeks. Here's what happened. So I was 26 at the time, and I was working as a department manager at one of my local big box stores. Just before Thanksgiving, I started to get sick. So the way our system worked is that we were supposed to do a check-in to prove that we didn't have symptoms of COVID. One of us made managers would normally fill in the form when we got to work. And if you were on the management team, someone else had to do it for you. Some basic examples of the questions would be asking if you have symptoms of COVID, if you've been around anybody with COVID, and if you've taken a test for COVID in the last three days. At this time, I started to get sick. I told my manager what symptoms I was having. On top of that, I had just been around two people who had come down with COVID, and I had been out of state two weeks prior. She marked off that I didn't have any symptoms of COVID. She insisted that we all work through the holiday or get written up. So I ended up working through the holiday because I really needed my job. Looking back, I know that wasn't the smartest thing to do, considering we were all at the height of a global pandemic, but I really couldn't afford to not be working and to have my boss make working even harder. She was known lovingly by the employees as being a demon incarnate. Because of that, I started getting more sick. Customers were allowed in our store without masks as long as they said, I have a medical reason. I informed my boss that I'm immunocompromised and that I have asthma before I even started because I knew it was likely that I would get sick if customers were coming in without a mask. I wore a mask all the time, but I knew that wasn't enough. After the holiday, I took a couple days off because I was sick. My boss didn't like it, but she appreciated the fact that I worked through the holidays regardless. I have been coughing and sneezing at work and trying to avoid getting people sick, so it was pretty well known by the employees that I wasn't doing well. During that time, I took a lot of medicine and was trying to get better. But I started getting text messages from another manager saying something along the lines of, it must be nice to be on a vacation. You're not really sick. You're just relaxing and having a great time, huh? Now that really hurt. I had not gotten a COVID test, so that way I could come back to work as quickly as possible and help relieve any backlog that my absence had caused. And this is where my malicious compliance comes in. When I read what my manager said, I decided that instead of going back to work feeling even just a little bit sick, I was going to go back when I was fully okay. So I went and got a COVID test. At that time, COVID tests weren't rapid and they took about a week to process. I called my manager and I told her that I got a COVID test because I had so many symptoms and they weren't going away. Legally, she could not force me to go back to work and the company had to be notified that someone in the store might have COVID. That way, if anyone else got sick, they could keep track of it. It turns out there were a couple of employees who had COVID and had been coming to work anyways, and their forms were not being filled out properly. And because I forced the issue, they were also able to force the issue too, and got their COVID test and paid for their missed work. And honestly, looking back, I should have gotten the entire store shut down, but I thankfully quit about two weeks later than that, and management got even worse. So I decided that I'd rather find a manager and a company that valued its employees' lives much more than their bottom dollar. First off, good for the original poster for getting out of that job. That place sounded incredibly toxic. I mean, the way these people were acting is absolutely unacceptable. There's no good excuse for treating your coworkers like that and basically implying that they're not really sick but are instead enjoying some kind of vacation time. And it certainly doesn't help that one of the managers basically lied on this form and tried to say, oh, you don't have COVID. You need to work through the holidays or you're going to get written up. Like that manager could have easily gotten a lot of 
people sick or worse. So good for you for saying, all right, you want to get petty? Let's get petty. And deciding to basically push the issue to ensure that your good name was not being slandered while also basically allowing people to get paid for their miswork. Because at the end of the day, it is not your fault that you got sick, but rather it is absolutely your manager's fault for not trying to mitigate the issue and prevent this from spreading any further. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled bride refuses to pay for a shuttle service for all of her guests to her wedding. So as a result, I deliver the bad news to everybody waiting, resulting in all of my coworkers being impressed by the way I handled things. Here's what happened. So for a bit of backstory, I used to be in retail in an area bursting with old money. People who have lived their whole lives being catered to and being told yes. I was often one of the few people who told them no. There was a waiting list in my profession and you couldn't bribe, complain, threaten, or be nice to get further up that list. People still tried and I learned how to stand my ground against senators, CEOs, lawyers, and just old people with money, not to mention their wives. With that job, I got amazingly good at being strict and no nonsense in life. I stopped taking anything. It really comes in handy both in life and professionally. Now, when it comes to the story itself, on our wedding block resumes, sales gives us the time of the shuttle departure as well as the ceremony. On this weekend, a half hour before the shuttle was going to arrive, guests started coming down in cocktail dresses. I was on midday shift and the PM guy and I were going about our business and complimenting the occasional outfit. It starts to feel like it's been a while when my coworker finally points out that it's departure time for the shuttle, which is strange because it's not even here yet. 10 after and it still hasn't arrived. Then 20 minutes later and the ceremony is starting soon. Then the front desk gets a phone call that I pick up. The person on the other line is a member of the shuttle services that's supposed to pick everybody up. They ask if there's wedding guests in the lobby. So I look out to the bursting lobby and I say, yes, there are. This person then says, oh boy, look, you see the bride never paid us, not even a deposit. So we told her we're not coming, but we never heard back from her. I noticed the date and time and decided to check if she found a different shuttle. The person from the shuttle then asked if the time of the wedding was still the same. And I said, yes, it most certainly is. They apologized, but I said, it's fine. I appreciate you calling. I hang up the phone, ignore my coworker, who's looking at me confused and a bit worried, take a deep breath, move from behind the front desk so I'm in front of it, and loudly clap my hands twice. I say to everyone, can I please have the attention of Jim and Jane's wedding guests? We have just received word that the shuttle will not be arriving, so please use your own personal vehicle to drive to the venue. The front desk will be happy to provide the venue's name and address if that wasn't provided to you. Please remember not to drink and drive. Our bar will be open for drinks until 2 a.m. if you're a designated driver. Enjoy the wedding. People just looked at each other and walked out. I've never seen a group of people leave a lobby so organized. I stepped back behind the desk and my coworker was looking at me with bug eyes. I don't do the whole thing of shoot the messenger. And he replied by saying, yeah, I totally see that. I go over to the bar and I update them on what's going on. I say to them, expect patrons tonight. The bride messed up the shuttle, so hopefully there will be designated drivers. The bar then complimented me on how impressive I was with the announcement that I made towards this group. Eventually and somehow, this became a story in the hotel and the bar. When I talked with that co-worker later in a circle with a couple other front desk associates, he said, man, you should have seen it. She didn't pause for a moment. She just hung up the phone, walked out there without pausing, and literally nobody got upset at us. The moral of the story from me to anyone in customer service is that sometimes you have to leave no room for argument. Just state the situation 
and don't accept any pushback. I didn't let anyone get mad at me. You know, the front desk lady just telling them the situation. And they didn't. Don't let guests bully you for anything. Work on it and you'll get there. Because you know what? A situation like this inevitably will happen. That is a really cool story. It's awesome to see that you can stand up to people of such high status and not get intimidated or in any way shaken about your situation. And it really is true. When things go wrong, you just gotta state it exactly how it is. And it really is possible to do it in such a way where people won't get upset with you and they'll just accept that, hey, these are the facts and this is just the way it is. And also, it's really cool that the shuttle service had some kind of common courtesy to at least call in and say, hey, the bride messed up and we are not picking anybody up because she did not pay us. Which, honestly, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't pick them up either. So good for the original poster for knowing how to get this done. In my opinion, they probably have a bright future as a manager or some kind of business owner because they clearly know how to deal with possible stressful situations. An entitled Karen gets upset when I tell her to be quiet, all because she's being too loud at the hotel I'm working in and preventing me from getting a guest checked in. Here's what happened. So I walk into work on Saturday afternoon to a busy lobby. It's a bit odd for a slow winter season, but here we are. There was some kind of college function, a sports event maybe, going on for the local university. So we had a big group of university parents spending a night or two at the hotel. I jump right to it with getting people sorted and checking them into their rooms. And this is where the first red flag popped up. Tons of these people kept turning around to talk with their friends or group while I was just trying to check them in. Like I would literally be running the charges and printing out a registration card and they would literally turn around and walk away to chat with their friends. And this is all while other people were waiting to be checked in. I had to repeatedly ask people to come back to the desk to finish the check-in and they were annoyed that I kept asking them to come back. The second red flag is that a handful of these people took phone calls while I was checking them in and some even had the audacity to tell me to wait a minute while they're working up the rest of their arrivals. And just a note in general, if you take a phone call while I'm trying to check you in, then I'm not going to tell you about anything. Nothing at all. Not about breakfast, not about parking, not about check-in or check-out times. In fact, I won't speak to you at all because what you're doing is incredibly rude. If you want me to continue giving you information and checking you in, then get off your phone for five minutes, please. Now that we have some context out of the way, this is what happened. I have a big group of people on my hands, primarily women in the lobby being incredibly loud. Some of them even brought in beer as well as wine coolers into the hotel. And people aren't supposed to be drinking in the lobby, but whatever. Two hours after I arrived and they were still in the lobby being loud, a guest arrived and I was trying to get them checked in and answer some of their questions. Shocking observation here, but it's generally really difficult to hear someone when there's a group of people shouting nearby. They asked a question and I could not hear them for the life of me. So I raised my own voice and I yelled, hey folks, I need you to quiet down, please. A bunch of the women turned to look at me and one of them immediately says, excuse me? So I told them again, I need you to quiet down so I can hear the guest I'm trying to help. I had barely finished my sentence before this lady turns around to her friends and says, are you kidding me? Who does she think she is to tell us to be quiet? Now, when I heard this, I just gripped my teeth and I ignored it since they did quiet down a little bit, though it soon went back up to their original volume. I was able to finish checking in the guest I was with and go back into the office for a minute. As soon as I'm back in the office, I hear that one entitled Karen in the lobby mocking me to her Karen friends. She would say to her friends, you guys are being too loud. And then the group would start laughing and calling me names. So it really makes me think, who do I think I am? Oh, I don't know. Maybe just the person responsible for handling guest satisfaction and 
scan any complaints for the entire hotel during my shift. Just the front desk agent who enforces rules, meant to keep the environment safe and welcoming for all guests. Just the person who has to think about the whole hotel, and not just a few people staying in it. That's who I think I am. I just want to know who she thinks she is, to act like it's an affront for me to ask the entire group in the lobby, not just her, to please quiet down, so I can help someone else. But this lady was upset, because apparently she thought she could do whatever she pleased, without interference from an employee, as if she was the main character, the only one who didn't have to follow rules, because she thinks that rules are for everyone except for her. She is not the only person staying here, and contrary to popular belief, not everyone wants to hear the ugly hyena screeching sorry excuse for an indoor conversation, and this entitled Karen was definitely no exception. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious when you're just trying to do your job and you got a group of people being loud and super obnoxious. Not only that, but they have to make some kind of weird snide remark right as you walk away after you correct them. So I don't blame you for speaking up and telling them to be quiet because they were literally disturbing what you were trying to do and they were stopping you from doing your job. And they seriously need to learn some manners. Today, I messed up by potentially ruining my friend's academic life. And I honestly don't know what to do. So we had an oral test today. And it's not just some oral test, but an actual national oral examination for high school. It stands 25% of that particular subject's mark and is one of the most critical subjects. If you fail, you won't be able to get a certificate. And that means your future is absolutely ruined because companies will not accept you. But thankfully, we're in the A zone, but it still sucks. Anyways, before I begin this, here's the procedure for the oral test for better context. There are two sections for oral speaking, one for individual and one for group discussion. For individual, basically they gave you questions and you answer briefly based on an article they gave. That was fine. I did well and my friends did well too. Then for the group part, consisting of four candidates, you had to share one question and answer them with different points that came into our minds for a certain time period. We had to talk for two rounds as this was part of the procedure. Why two rounds? That way we could discuss on different focus 
focuses. As a side note, both sections were spontaneous and involuntary. We were given 15 minutes maximum in total to talk, so an even distribution was needed to ensure a smooth flow. The first mess up was that I didn't concentrate on the time because I tend to speak less during trainings, so time limit doesn't really matter to me in the first place. I was the second to speak in my group for each round. The first round, I went a bit over the time limit, according to my friends, due to stuttering from panic, but that's fine. The two guys after me managed to talk through their points. But on the second round, after the person ahead of me finishes her talk, my mind immediately became smooth, and suddenly there's a lot to talk of. I suddenly felt confident, and I could finally escape my fear. The problem was, during practices, we were never taught to limit our speaking time. I also had no idea that the bell means my time was over, and so I kept on talking for more than twice the time of what the previous person had said. I was basically that guy that took up all the time, and after I finished my speech excitedly, the examiner smiled and told us that time was over. I was completely stunned. I had no idea how it happened, except that I now saw my friend's disappointed face. We walked out in complete silence. They started to tell me how I messed up. I swear, I felt so bad. How could I mess up that badly? I couldn't stop apologizing to them, but there was no use crying over spilled milk. It was gone. One of the friends I apparently sabotaged was also even my closest friend, dating all the way back to elementary school. The other girl that spoke ahead of me, who didn't get affected by my lengthy speech, was also really mad at me, and she was my kindergarten friend. I felt insanely guilty afterwards, like I couldn't even talk to my parents. When I got home, I checked my Instagram, and I was devastated, because they wrote what happened on their stories. My name was not mentioned, thankfully. It was a bunch of poems saying that they encountered a greedy person today, and that apologizing is no use. Eventually, I talked to another of my best friends, and he also knew what happened. Needless to say, I was blamed for sabotaging them, and I agreed with that. I barely ate since the afternoon. I slept and felt extremely heavy. I have no one to talk to. I feel like a failure for even having to tell this story, but I really have nobody else to tell. This was only oral. Writing examinations were the main game, and it's coming up at the end of the month. I have never messed up so much in my life. Up until now, I only realized that I'm really antisocial. I'm pathetic, and I'm a narcissistic person who can barely work with other people. I might have just lost three friends and made three enemies. I really want to talk to somebody, but they just don't seem to like it. I feel like I'm in despair. I couldn't stop thinking about this event for at least five minutes. The more I think about it, the more I dread it. And now I honestly don't know what to do. Personally, to me, it sounds like the system's at fault, rather than any of your friends. And honestly, if your friends really wanted to be involved and have their time to jump in and say something, then guess what? They should have tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm tagging in. Like if my grade was on the line and my future was on the line because my friend was talking too much, I would not just stand there and let them keep talking. Like that's completely counterintuitive. In my opinion, this system sucks completely. Like the teacher probably should have stopped you when your time was up. So I really just would not beat yourself up over this. Yes, it is probably really embarrassing and your three friends are probably not going to talk to you anymore. But seriously, life rolls on and there's more opportunities in life to get things right. And I just would not allow this to ruin your future and take away from the happiness that you already have in your life. My boyfriend made some inappropriate comments about my weight and now I'm really upset and I don't know what to do. So for some context, I have a pretty womanly figure. I'm not fat or overly overweight. I've never been skinny in my life. I was a chubby child, but once I grew taller, I stretched and became more curvy. I do like the way my body looks, and I wouldn't change it for a skinnier physique.
week. My boyfriend of eight months is kind of a gym rat. He goes to the gym several times a week. He weighs his food and takes a lot of supplements, like protein shakes and caffeine drinks. He's really into fitness and a healthy lifestyle. I've been mentally struggling a bit recently, and I didn't take good care of my body. I didn't sleep much, my apartment was a mess, and I either forgot to eat or I ate some type of processed garbage. Last Friday night, I got a swing of motivation and started cleaning out my entire apartment. I went grocery shopping and ordered new headphones and sports leggings. I used to go for runs when I was younger, and it really helped me to stay fit and focused, so I thought I might get into it again. I'm not doing it to lose weight, though. I'm trying to eat better and be a bit more active because I want to feel good in my skin and take care of my body. I managed to do skincare and eat two to three healthy meals over the weekend, so I got motivated, and I wanted to share this with him. I told my boyfriend that I want to be more active again, and he was hyped immediately. He said how great it is that I'm trying to lose weight, but cardio won't do much. If I'm really wanting to lose weight, I should join him at the gym and do muscle work. He can create a workout and meal plan for me, and he'll track my weight and process. I was taken aback because I never once mentioned losing weight. I told him that this isn't the main goal. I for sure will lose some weight, but that's not the reason why I'm doing it. He replied by saying, are you sure you don't want to lose a few pounds? I asked him if he wanted me to, and he said that he's happy with my body when I'm happy with it, but at this point, I don't believe him. I said that I will join him eventually, but I want to get into running again first before doing other workouts. He then said, okay, but don't come running to me crying when you don't see any results. Without results, you will lose motivation and just go back to being lazy and messy, but you do you, I guess. I didn't text him back, and I'm honestly shocked. I thought he might be a bit more supportive. I was struggling with my mental health. I'm not a lazy person. I just work a lot, which is kind of draining my energy, and I neglected my apartment for a while. I'm now incredibly shocked by what he said, and I honestly don't know what to do. Yeah, the way your boyfriend is acting is entirely out of line. On one side of it, I don't think he was initially trying to be offensive in saying, oh, are you trying to lose weight? I can help you out. Like, I think there might have been something genuine there, but I think the more you dig deeper into this, it really does seem like he has a terrible attitude about this. And I think with his final remark, saying, oh, you're never going to see results and all this other stuff, that in my opinion was definitely over the line. And to me, it really seems like he's just being an absolute jerk. So I think seriously having a conversation with him and saying, hey, I really don't like the way you made me feel would probably go a really long way. And it will also probably clear up his intentions because I want to believe that he has good intentions moving forward and that maybe somewhere in there, he was actually trying to help you get on some kind of workout plan. But even with that in mind, the way he went about talking about it was incredibly rude and honestly is not something you deserve because it sounds like you're just trying to get active and hopefully he can see where you're coming from. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.